Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And good morning, everybody. It's time for the Garden Wise Show on Legends 810 with your Garden Wise Guys. I'm Jim, Bor- Jim Borland. That's right. That's who I am. One of the Garden Wise Guys. And Keith Funk, he's not here today. And in his stead, I have uh, with me, um, uh, someone has all the information that I generally get just through osmosis, but uh, she's going to bring it to you in person here. It's my wife, Dorothy. She's the wise wife this morning. That's right. Wise wives. We and I count ourselves as wise wives. That's right. The, <laughs> the wives of, of uh, Jim and Keith, that would be Dorothy and Retha. And Retha's not here either. No, she's not. No. No. I can, I can see her way out, way out there. Way out there. Are you looking far enough east? No. I don't know. I don't know where he is. I think he's home. He has to count something today. He has to count all the rocks in his front yard or something. Well, that'll it's keep an him inventory. <laughs> and that'll keep him busy for quite some time, <laughs> counting the rocks in the jar. Yeah, and, and check the inventory from last year and see if there's any missing. He'll have to sort it by size. Uh, I don't know how he does it. Whatever's easy. He may even, <clears throat> he may even use a drone that goes over. So he just sits in his, in his office and, and counts them that way. I don't know how he does that. I have no idea. Hey, folks, we're going to do a garden show here this morning. The way this operates is the way it has operated for the past 26 and a half years. can't believe that, but it's true. We're going to uh, try to answer your garden questions. I assume that you have some. Uh, you, we always have garden. I have garden questions. I have garden questions. I have head scratches <laughs> who, right now. Who are we going to talk to? <laughs> who are we going to call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you're, it's your chance to give us a call here. And here's our phone number, 303-477-2473. How do I know that? Because it's sitting right here in front of me with on a piece of paper and on another piece of paper that's posted to the wall right over there. It's amazing, Grace. It is. <laughs> I guess they figured that. And, and there it is on the, on the window there, too. <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> And we have clocks all over the place. How many clocks do we have? One on the computer, one, two, one three, there, and I've got one on my wrist. Four. So that's uh, four. And if I turn on the cell phone, we'll have five. That'd be five. <clears throat> and then we have, uh, what's his name? Sean. In there? Sean. <laughs> Who has, I'm sure, access to three or four more clocks right in the studio there. So if you people want to know what time it is, this is the place to come to. Because <clears throat> we got time. We've got more time than we know what to do with. So please, let's uh, pass some of that out here. And before I forget, <clears throat> and there's some things I, 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 I'm known to forget, there is a Iris Society rhizome sale coming up, and they hold this every year. And typically they hold it at, and uh, although this year they're saying they're coming back to, so uh, it's going to be at Tagawa Gardens. It's the Mountain and Plains Iris Society Annual Rhizome Sale. 
<coughs> it's at Tagawa Gardens on the 7th of August from 9 in the morning until 3 in the afternoon, or as they often say, until they sell out. And they often do, by the way. It's a we very popular thing. We went several years ago, and while none of the iris are in bloom this time of year, they have pictures behind each of the rhizome areas, and it, you can't imagine how many choices there are in iris. I can. You look it up on how many, how many uh, selections, cultivars, varieties of, rise, of uh, irises there are. <clears throat> You'll see that the numbers, last time I checked, this is years ago, it was up to 35,000. And there's so many pretty colors. <clears throat> We have an, arrange, uh, an array of basic old-fashioned ones all the way up to some pretty fancy petals. And short ones. Keith gave us two short ones, which are nice. I bought a bunch of short ones out at their iris sale. Now, I assume they're going to have miniatures out there as well. And the miniatures are not even half the size of, uh, of the irises that everybody, everybody knows. But the, the flowers are, are you know, miniature dwarfs. Uh, the flowers are almost as big as the as the full adult size, if you will. Yes. <coughs> and um, not as many colors, but then they haven't done as much breeding with the short ones as they have with the tall ones. Yet. Yet. So give them a chance. Anyway, uh, Tagalog Gardens, uh, August the 7th. That would be next weekend. Yes, it would. <coughs> hmm. And we're already into August, or we will be. Um Midnight after midnight tonight, That's nine right. until three next uh, next Saturday at Tagawa Gardens, Mountain and Plains Iris Society annual rhizome sale. I don't have the address for Parker Tagawa Road Gardens. and Broncos Parkway. Yeah, that'll get you there. It's way out there, and but <coughs> it's such a cool place. It is. It used to be out there in the middle of nowhere. Now there's big houses and apartment buildings all around them. Yes. And and professional football facilities, which is just up the road, by the way. It is. Yeah. I don't know if you, <coughs> I don't know what the what the uh, particulars are in going into the Broncos facility. You can probably pull into their parking lot. <laughs> Stand in front of the <coughs> sign and take a picture and say yeah, you've you, been there. Yeah, you probably could do that. Um, I don't know that you can go in there. Well, you no. Can't, you can't just walk in. No they do have practice in which case they do let the public in but i don't know what the particulars on that either <laughs> you're going to sign up in advance like you like you to do almost everything anymore make a reservation <laughs> what do i care I'm not i was going to say there. you're way veering <laughs> off topic man <laughs> it's all right it's a, it's it's close to tagawa gardens it is that makes it close enough So. All right, <laughs> we're, we're waiting for a phone call to come in. That's what we're waiting for, 303-477-2473. I want to know how much rain people got out there in the various um, locales of the, of the metro area. We got two tents last <coughs> night. We did. And it was a great rain. It lasted for <coughs> probably about an hour, and um, it was super. Could open up the house, turn on the fan, cool, cool the house down some. I didn't think we were going to get any because we were watching, uh, what was it, watching news on TV. And uh, <clears throat> and they were saying it's it's pouring like crazy in downtown Denver. And they look outside, and it's like <clears throat> now it's it's dry here. We're not that far away. But we got lots of thunder and lightning. That was cool. Yeah, we did. Scared the cat. Yeah. That's right. He gets used to that stuff after a while. Yeah. I don't. I, st I still quiver. <laughs> Curl up in your angry corner. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 
Our cat has an angry corner. Angry chair and an angry corner. When he when he's upset, when we upset him, because <laughs> we don't want to do something that he wants to do. He but he didn't a, come he with a translation book. I know. And uh, usually he bites us first <laughs> and then runs off into his angry corner and just sits there and pouts for, <laughs> oh, it lasts, what, 10 minutes? Yeah. And then yeah. he's back to normal. As if nothing ever happened. <laughs> Oh, dear, dear, dear. Okay, give us a call. You, you can talk to, we can talk about your cat if you want to. Or not. <coughs> Tell us what's happening in your yard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's that? How's your grass growing out there? With that, we had a 100-degree day on Thursday. Yikes, that was a warm one. <clears throat> 303-477-2473 is the number to get in here and talk with the garden, the garden wise guy and the garden wise wife. But I'm here for more of the reasons than just because I'm married to Jim. That's right. She didn't, and she, but she didn't bring donuts. <coughs> so we're <laughs> we're trying we're trying to teach Sean to bring us donuts and have them ready for us every Saturday morning. It hasn't worked yet, but <laughs> we keep working on them. Maybe one day. I'll try. <laughs> <coughs> Do you know where you can get donuts this early in the morning? That is a good question. I'm not yeah. sure. I mean, between your place and the studio. <clears throat> we passed up oh, a bunch of places coming in this morning, and, and they had breakfast all over the over the marquee, and but nobody was open. There's always 7-Eleven. Yeah, I, I don't like their donuts. Or, I don't either. Or the Hostess little package things. No, I don't like those either. Ugh. I want glazed donuts, <laughs> man. <laughs> I mean, I always pass Starbucks and uh, Einstein's. Yeah. Yes. And the lemon <coughs> loaf, yum. Sorry, that's my personal favorite. <laughs> there, see, I got lemon in there, so at least that's partially plant-based. So usually you and Keith talk about what's going on in each of your yards. We do, we and do. So let me say, Jim, what's going on in your half of the yard? Not a whole lot. <laughs> I've been splitting wood. <clears throat> that's hard work at 90-degree temperature, I don't want to tell you. It is, and it I've is. And I've been cutting grass. And we did that uh, one anymore. That's like a whole day event. <laughs> we um, are contributing to the ozone <coughs> problems by having a wood fire f to grill food on. So yeah, well, like anybody who part. grills anything is contribute contributing, no matter what their fuel source is. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and we've had a great harvest of oh yeah, first squash, uh, harvested squash. Yeah, yeah. This is Dorothy's favorite squash is the crookneck squash, and we have two plants. Yes. Yeah. Which will start making way more than we need. We've harvested two little cherry tomatoes. The others, we've got lots of tomatoes, but none of them are ripened up yet. <coughs> How many but more kohlrabi do we have? I think it's on its last legs. I okay. mean, at high temperature, it doesn't perform real well. Our dentist, I've mm. had the opportunity to spend some time with our dentist. She makes a, a soup out of kohlrabi, turnips, parsnips, onions, and stuff. And um, she says it's really tasty, but I've never had kohlrabi anyway except fresh. So we'll have to try and roast some of them and see um, what it feels like, what they yeah, taste we, like. Yeah, we can try that. I'm, I'm kind of guessing that, yeah. I know. I'm not going to like them. Well, and you tried the shishito peppers for the first time. I did. And, and uh, I've been told by two people now that having them uh, raw isn't, isn't what makes them special peppers. That you have oh. to blister them and 
then it changes the flavor profile. So we'll have to try that with some. Now, do you suppose we have to blister them and then scrape them too? No, they say just blister <coughs> them with a little bit of oil and then salt. Serve them warm. Oh. So I have to try that. Oh. We got a bunch we can harvest. We do. We could do that today. So Jim told me the other day the reason he didn't plant any Swiss chard <laughs> was because years ago, you know, he plants a vegetable <coughs> garden. And so I don't have any control over how many plants he puts in it. So he, you know, go big or go home, planted a whole row of chard. And um, <laughs> he won't plant it anymore because that year we had chard in everything for weeks on end. And he was a little tired of it. <laughs> so Every in, instead night. of throwing a little bit of portion <coughs> control, only planting two or three plants instead of 20, we could still have chard. Yeah. But you got a whole pack of the seed. You can't just take three seeds out and plant it. Yes, but they, and, they keep. And if you have rainbow chard, you got you got to plant a lot of seeds in order to get all the colors. Yes, and you can plant those throughout the garden so that you've got food mixed in with <laughs> your plants. <laughs> okay. Add a little bit of color and all that stuff. <clears throat> all right. Hey, we got callers coming in here with real questions. And uh, let's see what time we got. No, we got time. This is Mark, if you'll bring up Mark. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. What's up? Well, I had a couple questions. Um, one is uh, one on morning glories, and I just wanted to know if they uh, come back every year. They oh, which morning glory are we talking about? The one that's um, in your lawn? Well, this one is in a container, and we're kind of thinking about maybe putting it in the in the ground. What um, color are the flowers? Pardon? What color are the flowers? Um, a purple. Okay. Are they big, like th- three or four inches across? Uh, they're probably just under two inches at the widest part. Okay. In, in my experience, all you need to do is plant morning glories once, and then they're an annual, so they will come back from seed each year. But the ones we put along our fence um, are kind of like the gift that keeps on giving. They reseed heavily, and they show up all over the place some of them actually by the fence so they can keep growing but it's great because they're you know they take care of themselves they drop seed they grow they grow up the fence they bloom set seed and drop seed for next year okay um so so if uh if i take this since this is in a uh, about a oh 18 inch by 18 inch container um if I take this and plant this, pull this out at, at the end of the season and deposit it in the ground, that probably won't come back. No, no. The, the plant okay. dies with frost. It's gone. Okay. So it's just the uh, the, the seed droppings at the, yes. the next year. Yes. And uh, the one caveat I can give you is that don't plant it anywhere near corn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was reading this. I was talking to a corn grower oh, many years ago. <clears throat> and, and, the, and the subject of morning glories came up. I don't know how, and um, he made the sign of the cross in front of it. God, corn growers hate that. Hate that plant. Well, and bindweed too. Because it crawls it, up everything. You know, it, it crawls. It, there's no way of, of controlling it. It uh, crawls right up the the uh, plant, a uh, corn plant, and uh, you can't get it in between the rows because that isn't where it is. <clears throat> and once it goes to bloom and seed, guess what? You got seed for the next twenty, thirty years. Yeah. So on your plant now, as you uh, as it as the summer progresses and the flowers are done flowering and starting to set seed, wait until the seed pod turns a little brown, and then collect those seeds and put them like along a fence line. Just go ahead and okay. sow them now, and and then um, 
you can encourage them for next year. Or if you're going to continue to grow in pots, put it in a little paper envelope, label it, and then um, seed them in the pot next spring. Okay. Okay, good. Uh, another question I had is uh, I got a, a bed of petunias, and uh, grass is uh, coming up in there, and I wanted to see if um, the over-the-top product would, would hurt the petunias. It shouldn't, although I would advise you to read the label. They do have a long list of plants uh, over which it should not be used, even though um, it's, they're not grasses. Uh, but as my experience is that over the years, <coughs> that list has gotten shorter and shorter. Now, I, I assume that's because they're improving the product so that it, it affects only grasses and nothing else. Okay. And because the petunias are annuals, <coughs> after they've uh, died in the first frost, you can still go out with something like um, glyphosate or Roundup and take care of the grass. Or if you have bare spots in your grass, in your lawn, you can dig up those um, the little plant, the bluegrass plants that have moved into your flower bed, and plant them in the bare spots in your lawn. But when the petunias are gone, that's when you can treat f uh, and try and get rid of the grass, or it should pull up pretty readily. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. I thank you, Mark. All right. Take care. You, you bet. We are three minutes away from taking our official first break, so why don't we just go ahead and do that now, and we'll be back shortly uh, and talk to Carol on Highlands Ranch, who has a question that's in, in type that's so small I can barely see it with my glasses on. Okay. <laughs> we'll be back real soon right here on Legends 810. Do you have insects on your roses? Do you have borers damaging your trees and shrubs due to stress or the drought? Fertilome Tree and Shrub Drench is a great product that will give you season-long protection against many insects. Fertilome Tree and Shrub Drench can act as a preventer or a curative for insects that suck or chew on leaves or bore under the bark. This is the easiest product to use. Simply measure, mix in a bucket, and pour around the base of the tree. No messy spraying involved and an application can last up to one year. Protect your trees with Fertilome Tree and Shrub Drench. Find it at a local independent nursery, garden center, or a hardware store, including Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, The Tree Farm in Longmont, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, Jared's Nursery in Littleton. To find your closest dealer, go to www.fertilome.com. That's www.fertilome.com. It's like the difference between soft, gentle rain. And a monsoon! That's how I compare the effect of a Dram Rain wand on plants to the hard blast of a typical spray nozzle attachment to your garden hose. Water flows through 400 tiny holes in the Dram Rain wand's soft shower nozzle to bathe and refresh your plants, not damage them or wash away soil. Its handy reach handle has a 60 degree bend and conveniently extends to more distant garden rows and hanging baskets. And there's a fingertip shutoff valve. No wonder professional growers in the greenhouses and nurseries use DRAM watering tools. Today, there are imitators, but nothing matches the superior quality of the original, invented over 50 years ago. They're simply the best. DRAM watering tools are available at Tagawa Gardens, Nick's Gardens, Jared's Garden Center, and Lafayette Florist and Greenhouse.
Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 930. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix-It show every Saturday morning from 930 to 1030 on Legends. And we are back. We are taking your garden questions right here on the Garden Wise Show on Legends 810. And the way to get in and talk with us, that's me, Jim, and then Dorothy over here. There's two of us back here. We can we can answer almost anything. And just so you know, Jim just didn't rouse me out of bed to come because Keith isn't here. He that's and I right. met up at Colorado State University when <coughs> we were both in the Department of Horticulture. So my experience is in turf grass and lawns. And mine's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not everything else either, as some people will say. Pretty much. There, there are groups of plants out there that I know very little about. Um, there are some uh, ground cover, creepy-looking things that, that grow in the <clears throat> deepest, dankest jungles of Amazon. I don't know anything about them. And that's okay because we cannot replicate that environment okay. in our backyard. Just as well. Yes. All right. We have Carol out there on board, and uh, let's see what Carol has. Morning, Carol. Good morning. Good morning, Dorothy and Jim. Uh, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. I have I have a hydrangea question. I planted um, new bush. It's um I can't remember, I, I believe it's quick fire. I know it's one of the fires, one of the paniculatas. Yes. I planted it in June. And it's in a um, sunny spot on the south side of my house. It gets sun until about 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I have noted the, the plant looks great, and it's had several blooms, but not all of the little, um, I call them the little knobs of the, the, the bloom open up primarily the ones just around the edge, leaving the ones in the center not opened, and then the ones around the edge very quickly brown. They're sort of a creamy yep. color, yep. and they're getting brown, and I don't. I haven't had a full um, a full head yet. Um, watering, they get. They're in a bed with clematis and roses and peonies and um, uh, daisies, and they're on a watering system, and they get um, 20 minutes of sprays twice an evening, the, um, you know, the little small hose uh, sprays, and then after that, um, it, at least every other day, and if it's really hot, they get it every day, they get 20 minutes twice a night of overspray from the lawn. All so, right. Um, Thank you for all that information. <laughs> I wish everybody did that. <laughs> you were going to ask me anyway. <laughs> ah, it probably was. Well, <laughs> in your monologue there, you said the secret word, which I think is the answer to your problem. You said south side. Yes. Yeah, I think it's too hot. With 100-degree temperatures, I'm not the least bit surprised that the these flowers are, are uh, not performing up to snuff, if you will. I like to, I like okay. to see that plant in uh, all-day morning sun and then uh, shade or semi-shade during the afternoon. Okay. So I think that's so a very hot place for uh, that hydrangea. Generally, do hydrangeas not mix well with peonies in terms of environment? No, no. Peonies can take full sun. 
Uh, it, again, if they're on the south side, uh, all you have to really pay attention to is if they're too close, let's say, to the house, uh, the flowers uh, no. won't open properly. Um, uh, you have to pay particular attention to, to, to watering. But you've got <coughs> the bed out by the green. It's a bed out by the green belt, so it's yeah. not at mess. Yeah, I, I, I think it's the heat. Um, okay, the leaves look fine. It's yeah. Just, there's no yeah. drooping or whatever. It's just the poor little flowers. Yeah, typically um, it's the flowers are affected first with the heat, and if the uh, temperature keeps going up, why the, the leaves will be affected as well. Uh-huh. Can you yeah. say again how long you've had the hydrangeas in that bed? I planted it in early June. Oh, yeah. it's not quite established yet. Right. So um, some of the effort might be going yeah. into getting established at the expense of the flowers doing what they're, what you want them to do in the future. So, But it sounds like you've got a great watering program, and you've stuck your finger in the soil, right, to see how moist everything is right at the base? Yes. Okay. I, I checked the soil to see that, you know, that it's getting enough water. It could be that things will improve uh, once our, our heat period is over. Now, that may or may not happen in August. Um, you know, the, the, the climate around here is quite variable from year to year. Um, yes. But I'm seeing it this next coming week. Are we going to hit 90 at all? I think we're going to stay in the 80s. Yes. I don't think so. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the beginning of a cooling trend. It could be only respite, and then after that, uh, we may go up and hit 100 again. You, you just never know. Well, I think right. looking at it as your establishment year, I think that would be the way I would approach it because um, you've only had it in since June. And <coughs> anyway, I would look at it as the establishment year and then hope for better things next year, that the whole flower will open up. Okay. Um, if not, uh, should I move it? Um, I, th- I would be, I think I would leave it in another year and, and see what okay. happens next year. And let's hope next year is a little bit cooler than this year. And if so, right. it should it's perform had, a lot better. It's had a dose of several days of 100 and many days of yeah. 90. Yeah. So. And, and, but if it doesn't perform well next year and, uh, oh, I don't know, and the temperatures are warm but not especially hot then i think it's probably time to move it okay okay and they move okay they're okay to move they they do well when you move them oh yeah you can move them uh obviously when would i do that you could probably do it uh, early fall um probably the very best time would be uh, late winter next year or early spring like march yeah, that would be a good time. Again, you've got to pay attention to whatever kind of weather we happen to have that year. And sure, if there's snow, don't wait till the snow's gone. Right, and we we don't want to give another another summer to establish. We want to see what it does the rest of yeah. this year. Yeah, I, I, I think I would. Yeah, I I'd give it this year and next year. And Kay. next year. Yeah. Okay. So move it in 2023. Uh, yeah, if, it, if we're marking our calendars. And sure. if it doesn't do as, as good as you hope it's going to do there in the open sun. Okay. Um, you know, there are several blooms. There's probably 15 or 20 blooms wow. on it. So it, it wants to be pretty. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that. Well, and if it's you think about, hard. If you think about <clears throat> what flowers are, flowers are the way for plants to uh, propagate themselves so they put a lot of energy into the flower so they get pollinated so they can make seed 
And so if mm-hmm. it's putting all this effort into making flowers at the same time it's trying to make roots to get established, something might have to give. And I'd rather have the flowers not do as well in order for the um, roots to take on, take hold. Right. So right. I'm anthropomorphizing okay. there. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll see what it does here with the uh, the cooler, wetter weather that we have coming mm-hmm. up and see if I actually get some snow. I, let, I, I, like, I, I, I hope you're right. I hope it is wetter. <laughs> yes. It, it is today, but, you know, that's one day out of many now. Well, I think Kathy Saban last night was <clears> saying <throat> that there's a possibility of rain every day next week. So if I heard her correctly. Well, that so. If, if so, that would be our monsoon. Yes. Mm-hmm. I saw that right. a similar forecast also. 20%. That's, you know, two drops. Yeah, 20%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've grown to, to, to know that 20% usually means you aren't going to get anything. Right. Yeah. Well, so. we live in the south end of town, and, and we, um, we've not had a lot of rain this year. Um, so hopefully that turns around and... Uh, we should start to get some down here as yeah, well. Yeah, we understand that you guys down in the south end of the metro area did get some rain last week. We didn't get any. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, we're up in the west, west central, and we, we got nothing. So. Well, it rained last night, and I don't, yes. real, I don't know how much. Um, I saw the lightning through the windows, um, but I did, and I, you know, I knew it was raining. But uh, I didn't go out and see what it was doing. No, no, so, I, I didn't it either. Did, it did. It did wet my package on the porch that I'm not brought. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, I left Oops. my I left my glasses outside last night. And couldn't find them, and <laughs> they were yeah, kind of dirty and everything this morning. Oh well. <laughs> but we're not going to complain about rain, are we? No, we're not complaining. No, no, no we no. are not going to complain <laughs> about rain. Yes. Well, so. thank you. Okay, I'm thanks, Carol. We'll give it the rest of this year and into next year, and if yeah. it doesn't do well, then the following fall, we'll move it. Okay, okay. sounds good. Fall or spring? I'm sorry, which one did you say was better? Um, I prefer, if you have a choice, uh, I would do it uh, early, early spring. Okay, all right. We can do that. All right. Thank you, guys. You have bet. A day. Have a good day. Thank you much. Okay. Oh, bye-bye. Bye. And if people are wondering why you prefer spring... Uh, over over fall, late fall, is that uh, when you do it and when you transplant a plant in the spring, you have immediately following that is growth, both above and below ground. So you have an entire season in f- directly in front of you to get well established before before winter hits. And if you transplant in the fall, um, you need to remember to check for winter <coughs> watering if it's something you really want to take care of and make sure that you keep water on it um, because the soil stays warmer than the air and so you can still have root production for a long time. That's right. That's right. And by the way, when, uh, when, when the top of the plant goes dormant, the roots continue to grow. And they continue growing until the soil gets really cold, if not indeed frozen. So that's something to keep in mind. That's kind of why you need to winter water. The top doesn't need it. It's the roots that need it. And uh, they continue growing right up into into winter. Amazing, Grace. Yeah, they're pre- pretty fun. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we have time. Let's. Why don't we go out and talk with Mark and Aurora? There's a question about deadheading flowers. Morning. Hey, Morning. I, uh, I had called earlier, 
so I'm back like uh, morning glories in a cornfield. Okay. (laughs) You are. Um, I I did have another question that I forgot to ask that my wife scolded me on, but uh, um, regarding just on general, uh, should you deadhead uh, when when the flower is spent, uh, should you pluck that off? Are we talking about the... the, um Morning glories or other things? things. No, uh, just any plant in general. Oh, um, yes and no. There are some plants that do not set seed. Now, the reason, uh, let let me back up here. The reason for deadheading uh, are two things. One is that you want to get rid of what is now not nearly as attractive as the blooms. That's one. The other is to get rid of the flowers that are going to seed and uh, flowers that are going to seed that takes energy away from the rest of the plant in order to form the seeds. Now, if you don't want the seeds, then uh, deadheading will will uh, allow that energy to, to go on and, and produce more flowers. Also, with certain plants like um, Shasta daisies, and I can't think of anything else right now, if you cut off the spent flower, many times you'll get a regrowth coming out of the nodes or where the leaves are you get um, more flowers there or some if you cut them closer to the ground they again will regrow and then you can get some more flowering which is not not as strong um, or as dense a flowering as in the spring but you can get some fall color yeah okay okay Uh, yeah that helps a lot now also keep in mind there are some flowers um, geraniums come to mind for the most part they are what they call self-cleaning that's a fancy word that means that you don't need deadhead because when the flowers fade, they just fall, uh, they just fall off all by themselves. They don't set seed. One of the better um, breeding accomplishments, I think, is that petunias don't need to be deadheaded anymore. They used to be pretty aggressive in setting, setting seed, but and I, I don't like the texture of petunias because they're sticky and they have a smell, but now that I don't have to deadhead them because they don't produce seed, um, I don't have to do with that, so that's great. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm talking about petunias on that. I, I actually did that, and um, it seemed like once we plucked all the, the flowers off, which was a fun job, yeah. or the spent flowers, <laughs> um, it was, uh, the, it, the, the plant just, you know, exploded. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so really, we're, it just really depends on the, on the plant itself and uh, whether it's a beneficial and... And how, what, how you think it looks, because most spent flower heads are kind of ugly. Yeah. And, you know, you, can, you don't want to cut off just the head and leave part of the stem. Take it down to at least where the next set of leaves are. Okay. So not just pluck the, the flower no. bud itself. No. Take it, cut it back, actually cut it back. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It makes it look prettier. And then you can also do some uh, shaping, if you will. I'm thinking of Shasta daisies. You can um, shape it and make it a little bit shorter. This year, my Shastas are really tall, I think, because of the cool weather and the rain we had in the spring. And so by taking off the spent seed head or the flowers, I can take it down a good foot and still have lots of green foliage. And um, there's already some little new flowers forming in the leaf axles. So you, you have the opportunity to shape it, make it look pretty. Okay. All right. Give me something to experiment with. Yes. There you you go. So if you're going to do a real experiment, do half one (coughs) way, half of the plant one way, and half another way, then you can collect some data and compare. 
But you'll need a white lab coat and uh, a clipboard. Yes. And, and the glasses. Yeah. Uh, yes, glass. and, and, and pocket protector. And pocket perhaps protector. your friends will say, get a life. Find something else to keep yourself busy. Well, well they told me that anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you very much for the info. Sure. Have a nice day. All right. Yeah, All right. It's your turn to give us a call here at uh, <clears throat> Legends 810. The number here is 303-477-2473. That'll get you in here and talk with the Garden Wise Guy, <coughs> singular, and the Garden Wise Wife, singular. <coughs> and we can answer most of your garden questions, no matter what they are. You can try to stump us if you want. <laughs> I wouldn't take much <coughs> for me. <laughs> One of the things that's got me vexed this year for the second year is um, I take it personally that we have frog eye or necrotic ring spot in the lawn. Um, being a turf person, I feel personally offended that somehow a disease got into our yard. But necrotic ring, with most turf diseases, you cannot treat this time of year when it's visible. Um, so I'm going to have to really con figure out if I want to have a fungicide applied next spring around Memorial Day because by mm -hmm. now the um, disease is in the plant and treating it's not going to do any good. But right now the yard looks awful. And last summer my nephew who has a dog and works for a parks department said your lawn looked terrible and you don't even have a dog <laughs> so <laughs> i you know i'm personally offended by that but um anyway i'm going to have jim i'm going to go grow a flat of perennial rye which is if we can find some of the seed yeah which is resistant to necrotic <coughs> ring spot and then plug that in after it's established in the flat plug it into the affected areas and hopefully at least fill in those spots or we can spray with blue paint to mask it for the time being. But it, I'm taking it personally. I'd, I'd <coughs> spray it with green paint. Well, we have blue dye, so we can oh. do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. What do we mix with blue to make it green? Is that yellow? Well, the grass <coughs> is yellow. Yeah. So maybe it'll do it on its own. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Although, apparently, we've developed this special skill. Our magical skill is that when we're going to have family or friends over for an outside meal, it rains. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're going to do it again today. Yes. So <laughs> you can thank us for the rain. <laughs> yes, it's true. Um, Although it's been holding off enough that I could have had the barbecue lit and probably had the first hot dogs on by now. <laughs> they would be really toasty by six o'clock tonight. Well, that's true. Yeah. So um, there, I think there are a lot of other turf diseases that are out and about. This is when they'll start expressing or showing them, just because of the heat, and it's generally a function of. Um, Appropriate watering. You don't want to get too dry. You don't want to get too wet. And then um, appropriate fertilization. So I take, personally, I take, we drag hoses. We don't have an irrigation system. And so that takes a big commitment to get that done. And um, I kind of take issue with Denver Water saying don't <coughs> water until you walk across the lawn. You can see footprints indicating that the grass is dry and ready for a drink. Um, Dragging hoses, you cannot wait that long because it takes so long to get it done because you can only water between 6 p.m. and 10 a.m. And we can't set it up to water overnight because that's way too long for any one setting. And besides, that's when we sleep. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not going to be running out changing water at 2 in the morning. But um, So you have to kind of stay on top of it and don't let it get too dry because then you can get other diseases that move in that are really more cosmetic. Indeed. All right, we have the, our break uh, coming up here, and uh, we also have 
Jude on the line with a question about oh turf question. That'll be for you when we come back from this break right after this on Legends A10. Does your yard look a little peaked after that long hot summer? Or does your yard look okay and you want to keep it that way? Now's the time to apply one of the most important applications of the year. Fertilome Lawn Food Plus Iron. Lawn Food Plus Iron is a unique blend of fertilizers designed not to burn and to help your yard recover from the heat and stress of the summer. This special formula has an extra 3% iron for added greening power without adding extra mowings. Use the product the professionals use. Try Fertilome Lawn Food Plus Iron. Available at your favorite independent Fertilome retailer, including Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, The Tree Farm in Longmont, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, and Jared's Nursery in Littleton. To find your closest dealer, go to www.fertilome.com. Well, now that summer is in full swing, it's easy to get distracted from caring for the yard. But we don't want to do that, do we? No, we don't. And we don't want to forget about those Japanese beetles either. The adult beetles may have disappeared, but they're not gone. Not only did they feast on your roses and your berries this summer, they laid eggs in your turf so that they can start again next year. Take a stand with Phylum's Grub Gone. Grub Gone is a non-chemical BT granule that specifically targets scarab pests and their larvae. Simply apply the granule with a spreader, irrigate it into the soil, and let the naturally occurring bacteria do its job. Not only is Grub Gone easy to use, but it is the only non-chemical choice that effectively controls grubs. And my favorite part? It's not toxic to bees or other pollinators and beneficials. In fact, Grub Gone has no label restrictions for use around flowering plants, so you don't have to get on your hands and knees to remove dandelions before using this product. Grub Gone from Phylum Bioproducts, the natural choice. You'll find Grub Gone at your favorite independent lawn and garden retailer. And tell them the Garden Wise Guys sent you. And we are back. We are taking your garden questions right here on Legends 810. The Garden Wise Guys and Gal are taking questions this morning. Keith is uh, on sabbatical. Yeah, that's hiatus. What yeah, hiatus. I used to think hiatus is what you did in the hyannis port. <laughs> or a type and, of hernia. And the only reason I would know that is that's where one of our presidents went and had their summer, winter, Still. spring home. The complex, the Kennedy complex. Yes, yeah, the complex, yes. Is that what they called it? The complex? No, there was another name for it. Uh, okay. Well, we're gonna uh, we're gonna do a garden show, and we're gonna continue doing a garden show. And the uh, way we're gonna continue doing that is we're, we're gonna go out and talk with Jude uh, in Denver. as a question about turf grass. Morning. Good morning, Jude. Good morning. Maybe it was a compound. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. What did I say? Anyway. Yeah, you said it something else. Matter. Okay, it doesn't. <laughs> No, way in the past. <laughs> We're getting in the weeds a lot this morning, kind of way off topic. So I'm glad Dorothy is there because I my question is about a big mistake that I made. I um, picked up the wrong bottle, the wrong spray bottle. I thought I was using weed-free zone, and mm. I was using kills all. Oh, no. That's Did you write really nice messages, or <laughs> this is just like a dandelion dead here, dandelion dead there? Now, this is like a lot of dead lawn, one long strip. And oh, dear. 
big, uh, big dried spots. You know what? <coughs> well, sometimes you can see results in within four hours or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I've been watering it, but I mean, basically, I've killed it. Yes. So am I? <laughs> I think I already know the answer to my question, but uh, I'm just going to either have to dig that up and replace it or... That would be the quickest way to do that. Uh, bluegrass being what bluegrass is, and I should let Dorothy answer this, the, the, the answer is sort of obvious. <laughs> um, the easiest, particularly if you're going to have a party next weekend, would be to dig it out and have buy some sod and put the sod in, and it could be established by then. You know, kind of joking about doing it right before a party. But that's going to be the quickest way. Another way um, that you could do, and Jim and I have done that to convert lawns from um, patchy stuff to something better, is you intentionally spray with, uh, like, kills all, and then you over aerate and then overseed that area with a grass mix, although that's going to take a while to get the grass established. If you live in an area where you get water from Denver Water, you can apply for a variant, so you can water for 20 days every day, otherwise... You're kind of breaking the law, not that they've got water cops out. But um, the easiest way is simply going to be to dig it up and drop in some sod. I think you're right. Yeah, it's right. It's in the front. It's right along the driveway, so it's it's very obvious. And uh, so I guess that's what I'll do. Yeah, yeah. I would uh, just make a strip, make it uh, uniformly wide, even if that includes a little bit of grass that might still be alive. Just so with your saw that comes in, you can make it uniformly wide and just lay it straight in there. And yeah. also know that whatever side you buy is going to always look a little bit different than what you have. Yeah. Because it's going to be likely different varieties and newer varieties, so it might have a, a better green or anything along those lines. And then over time, as the, sod, as the bluegrass grows into the sod and into the lawn, it'll soft, that edge will soften up. Yeah, it'll be right next to my neighbor, so it's going to make his lawn look weird. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Score! Yeah, that, that, that new piece of sod in there is going to look so great, you'll want to spray the rest of your lawn with Roundup and replace it, too. <laughs> if you've got nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, and I've got it it's sprinkled there, so once you, uh, when, when you dig that up, that really doesn't affect the sprinkler system, right? You just be careful about where you dig. Yeah, yes. exactly. And you do not need to take <clears throat> out six inches you know just to use an example a sod cutter would just take right underneath where the roots are so you just need to do the same thing you don't need to go really deep and take a bunch of soil because you would have to um, replace that soil okay. check with the sod farm to find out how thick or a garden center how thick yeah. the sod is so you know um, how much soil to leave so it, it's lay it's the same level you don't okay. want it to be higher or lower than the surrounding stuff because then that adds additional tasks in the future okay all right somebody's got some work cut out for them <laughs> I <won't do> that. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> and you know as we all say and and seldom do always read and follow label directions all right after everything else fails yeah okay well, okay thank you, thank you very very much good luck thank you have a good day you too bye bye could be a tough time of year to put in a new lawn. Although our neighbor did it. Yes. Put in sod. Yes. And um, if you put in sod right now, this time of year, you have to be out there and you got to keep it watered in a 100 degree day. You're going to be out there probably three times a day putting water down. And this is a house that um, he's flipping. And so there's no sprinkler system in the front yard, but he's rigged up something with heads in the corner and a little timer. 
a friend of mine doesn't have a sprinkler system, and he was out of town, and I was taking care of his yard for him. And he had this great little computer thing that he screwed onto the spigot, and then the hose came out the end, and you could have a 10-minute um, manual cycle if you wanted to test it, but he could set it to come on at night. It was really cool. It was... Um, I didn't want to mess with it because we were heading into the 100 degree days back in early June, and I didn't want to um, mess things up. But um, it looked really cool and really simple to work, and certainly didn't have to be wired into it. Well, he didn't mm -hmm. have a sprinkler system, but didn't have to be wired into anything, and I was really quite impressed with that. The caveat there that, that I've always wondered about is that your connections, now you're going to connection to the house with a short section of the hose, connection to this device and then a connection on the other side that goes out to the hose uh, that goes out into your yard so you got one two three connections there they all have to be really quite tight yes and not leaking and one of the problems that happened is that um it was 100 degree days and i was going over every other day and um the battery died ah. on one of those times but as it <coughs> turned out it was well it happened to be shortly before my friend was coming back um, but I was able to do some manual watering while I was doing some weeding there. But um, it wouldn't have been a problem if he'd been home because he would have noticed when the battery went out and I yeah. couldn't give him that yeah. information. Yeah. But, you know, for something simple so you could water at night, we might want to consider that. Um, this is a cute little device. I didn't check the name on yeah, it. Yeah, we'd have to look at uh, all the places we water and, and see if a device would just get in the way and whether or not we could still use the hose without turning the device on and off. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Oh, the other thing I want to mention was that putting turf down, as our neighbor did, and wa uh, driving by yesterday, I happened to see coming up through the new turf is bindweed. <laughs> Lots of it. Well, and to explain, the woman who owned the house died and it sat empty for a while and so after he finished fixing up the house all he did was have somebody come in and do a really pitiful job of tilling didn't clean off anything and then a sod company came in and laid the sod so there's no um, advanced real prep like killing the bindweed or anything before they laid the sod but it's getting lots and lots of water because they're trying to keep the grass green to sell the house so long-term problem for the new owners yep <coughs> they'll have to put up with it we have a neighbor that did something similar. They had turned out to be Bermuda grass that they didn't like. <coughs> and rather than killing it all and starting again, they hired a company and they just came in and tilled it all and kind of just <laughs> spread it. It's like bindweed, quack grass, any of the Bermudas that have rhizomes, um, they spread it everywhere. And so they laid down all this sod just a year and a half ago. It looked beautiful. It looked beautiful. And now the B Bermuda <laughs> is back, as we, Jim and I knew it was going to happen. But they've also moved to Iowa. So, again, <laughs> project for the next couple of That's right. Yeah. And they may not even notice it. You know, no. Most people don't know that they have three different kinds of grasses in their yard. Yeah. But, um, anyway, Tony and Sue don't need to worry about it because they're in Iowa yep. now. That's right. I understand that we have, uh, like, a um, little less than ten minutes left in this hour. So, why don't we go out and talk with, uh, is Donna up next? Uh, Okay, no, no, indeed. Donna, you hang in there. Don't you go anywhere. It's James who's up next who has a question about... Turf and more. Turf and more. Good morning, James. Morning, everybody. Morning. Hey, got a, got a couple questions. You actually started it with the turf. So sure. Been in, 
we've been in our our house for 30 years. Uh, when I put the front yard in, I uh, put about six inches of manure in, so it's it came up really nice. It's a really nice yard. But I get in a lot of um, <clears throat> like pat not patches. It's a, it's under the ground. It's hard. So when you're walking on, it's not smooth anymore. It's like there's rocks in it. You know. Ours is doing the same thing. <laughs> it's really uneven. And I yeah. think it's a function of um, the organic matter that's in the soil is breaking down, and so you're getting this uneven surface. If you have a lot of night crawlers, you would have their case castings and those little muddy mounds on the top of the surface. But um, right. if it's like ours, it's really widespread, and I know we don't have that many night crawlers. But it's just, right. I think that's it's a function point. of... Um, the organic matter breaking down over time and the soil just being there. That was an yeah, intelligent okay. scientific <laughs> explanation. <laughs> the soil's I, just I, being there. I, it's just there, yeah. 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 Um, so, so, <laughs> so how do you feel about um, overseeding? I Come love on. it. I would do it. Um, what you're going to have to do, do you have a sprinkler system? Yes. Okay. Um, Two choices. One, you can do it in the spring, but it's often harder in the spring to keep your water going in the grass, established, getting it established because you're heading into hotter weather. If you can, Correct. you could um, overseed with, you know, an improved variety of uh, bluegrass or perennial rye, um, aerate first, and then overseed, like in September, because we still generally have a good month or more of good weather. And so you could just set the irrigation controller to water three or so times a day. Um, for not even 10 minutes. You just need to keep the seed bed moist to give the new seed Correct. a chance to come up. But the, I like overseeding in the fall because you've got more moderate uh, weather instead of popping up into okay. 95 degrees. But, but you say aerated first? Yes, because it creates little holes, and so then you can throw down the seed and then rake it in or not even, but the seed will fall into the holes, which gives it some protection from drying okay. out too much. One, one of the keys for establishing anything from seed is you cannot let it dry out. <coughs> it has to stay evenly moist. F like for bluegrass, it, uh, the legal germination time is three weeks, so you can't expect anything to show up with bluegrass seed in an open area for three weeks. Perennial rye will come up in five days. But um, if it dries out at one point, if the roots have started to come out, then that seed is dead. So even okay. soil moisture is critical. That's why in the fall it's a little bit easier to keep even soil moisture. Okay. Now, I um, in this yard, I have a, again, 30-year-old um, maple mm. that the yard is, the yard is pretty much shaded um, most, of the, most of the day, especially into the evening. Mm -hmm. Is the, the um, what they call shade grass or whatever, is that such a thing that I want to try putting that on there now? Yes, I would, um, on the back of any seed, if you buy the, well, any place you look at seed, um, they'll have a label and it'll list what's in their percentages. We'll say bluegrass of these four varieties is 40%, perennial rye is 30%, and maybe a fine leaf fescue is whatever's left, 30%. I think that added to 100%. But read the label and find out what percentage you have. And um, if you're going to do the whole lawn, I would go in and I would overseed with perennial rye. And you want to get a seed Perennial mix that, yeah, that has 
regardless of the grass you use, always get two or three varieties within that mix. Because then you get a little different genetic um, resistances. But also try and avoid okay. seed mixes that have a lot of, like, perennial rye VNS, which stands for variety not stated. So you don't really okay. want that because you don't really know what you're getting. So I kind of think of okay. it as the stuff that's been swept off the floor is put into a bag. You don't know what you're getting, and so uh -huh. you can get some coarser leaves, wider leaves, but see if they avoid as much as possible the VNS, variety not stated. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. I, I, I love my yard, and it's, it's nice and green all the time. And Yay. So that when it starts getting those things, yeah. So one one thing also, we've watched our neighbors have tree companies come out and pretty much butcher their trees. Um, with your maple, it sounds like it's an important part of your landscape. You might consider having uh, a qualified arborist come out and look at it and see if they need to do some pruning to keep it healthy. Because if it's that old, there yes, also I might did. be some rot that's moving in. Yes, I did that last uh, two years ago. Okay. And then last, last year, I actually had a huge branch, probably about mm. eight inches in diameter up high, lit off. Okay. So I've had to have it work on a little bit this year again. So, yeah. And, you know, one of the things about great shade trees is that they, you kind of take them for granted until they might die. And then all of a sudden you've got nothing but sun. And everything under that is going right. to have to adjust to nothing but sun. And for a tree that's as large as it sounds like yours is, you can't really plant another one next to it um, to start growing until you have to take out the big one. So it's... You, know, you can't really plant a tree until you take down the old one. So keep the one you have healthy as right. long as possible. Yeah. Hopefully by then I'm in Florida, right? <laughs> 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 and back there you're going to be beating stuff away because it grows so fast. There you go. There you go. So I, uh, years ago, a friend of mine gave me her, she called it a Memorial Day peony. Yes. And I, I don't know, I... Okay, and I planted it, and it blooms nicely, but the last couple of years it has not bloomed. So I'm wondering, do I need to maybe move where I have it because it's getting too much sun? Um, or well, first of all, let me say that we may have to get out here and take a break over the top of the hour, in which case yes. we'll, we'll bring you back. Um, what is, is the is, Memorial Day, Lily? Yeah, uh, it's a Memorial Day peony didn't you oh, say peony, yeah yeah uh yes, yes. by the way most of them are memorial day peony that's when they bloom um okay. is it growing in full sun right now yes it bloomed before but but not blooming now yeah the last couple of years i have not gotten any blooms on it all right we're gonna we're gonna discuss this discuss this in a little greater detail but first we're gonna take a okay. break over the top of the hour if that's all right and come back and talk to Hang you on. real soon, right, right here. Yeah, stay on the line. Don't go anywhere. Right here on Legends A Ten.